Big Ten fans, welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Follow me on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Thursday, June 4th, 2020. And yesterday was an odd day in college football because there were some things that were happening outside of the conference that I, I really need you to hear. But first, we'll get into some conference things. We'll start off with Wisconsin grabbing a commitment from New Jersey defensive end Mike Jarvis at 6'5", 250 pounds. Jarvis is a solid player, had a good offer list, including Florida State, Indiana, Nebraska, Rutgers, Virginia. Wisconsin has done a very, very good job this year in recruiting. Paul Christ has stepped it up. And with what Wisconsin has been able to do with lesser-rated recruits, when they get higher-rated recruits, you can see nothing but the program going in the right direction player-wise because they've had a ton of success with lower-ranked players. And it's not just Paul Christ. Clearly, uh, it has been Brett Bielema before him. And it's it's kind of a Wisconsin tradition that they get players who are ranked fairly low, continue to build them up, make them solid players, and be competitive inside the Big Ten. Well, now, if they're getting guys who have the ability like a Jarvis – Man, that's, that's a game changer for the Badgers. And I think that the only way that they're really going to be able to you know, break through and beat a team in the East is by having better players. I mean, they Wisconsin continually represents the Big Ten in the conference championship game, yet you know they get to face tough Ohio State teams and, you know, they – just don't have much luck with those Buckeye teams. And if they're bringing in higher talented players, including what they do with player development, man, that is one hell of a mix. And you know, Jarvis is a guy that you see in that mold, a guy that is a higher ranked type of player who is going to come in and potentially play right away and contribute. And then, have a good career and continue on to the next level. But if Wisconsin and Paul Christ are going to be able to get higher level athletes, they're really going to be a, a competitor inside the conference. And although I'm not sure that it's going to be a right away, if they're continuing to bring in this kind of talent, it, it, it'll be soon when they'll break through. I think it will be soon. There's a lot of people predicting them to you know, be a dark horse for a college football playoff spot. I saw ESPN putting them up pretty high uh, in their projections, and it's it's pretty interesting. So uh, I think that, you know, Wisconsin is right on the cusp. They're, they're a team that, that has always been right there. They just need a couple breaks. And, you know, with better players coming in on campus and not necessarily having to develop them as much, having less developmental time and, and more time to show technique I think that those kind of players can really make Wisconsin a thorn in the Big Ten for everyone else. Northwestern added Louisiana defensive end Baron Sorrell. Uh, Sorrell has solid offer list as well 
Indiana, Boston College, Louisville, Missouri, Purdue at 6'3", 250 pounds. Clearly fits the mold of what Pat Fitzgerald is looking for. You don't see them go down south and grab recruits very often. So going out and grabbing Sorrell is a, is a solid commitment for the Wildcats. Uh, they're doing well. Again, they're starting to get a little bit more momentum on the recruiting trail right now. Uh, they've, this is the second commitment that Fitzgerald has added this week. Uh, after grabbing a tight end earlier this week. So uh, I, I think that they're on the move. I think that that is another part of the reason why Northwestern struggles a little bit is the recruiting aspect of things. And it is not the f fault of Pat Fitzgerald. It is clearly the issue with academics along with the football. They have to find the right type of players that fit in first academically and then second athletically. And if you're able to do that and continue to add on solid players with you know, good heads, they're going to have a decent football team. And that's why you're seeing you know, Northwestern was in the middle of the pack yesterday uh, when, when I went over that Chris Hummer's 247 Sports Big Ten Power Rankings. So they're... They're a solid team. They're a decent team. They're not the worst team in the Big Ten. They're not the best team in the Big Ten. But they, they still got some solid talent, and Sorrell is a guy that's going to come in and, and, and add on to that talent as well. All right, I've got a date for Indiana to return to football practice, and that is the 15th. Uh, they are going to stagger everything. The football players are going to come in first, uh, and then it's going to kind of get staggered after that for the other major sports. They're going to have some of the smaller sports check in earlier than that, but football's the big one here. And you're looking at the 15th, which is, yeah, it's a little bit later than some of the programs. The Fighting Illini actually started up yesterday getting staggering players as well. Uh, you're going to see the Buckeyes and the Iowa Hawkeyes get going uh, and, and you're looking at them doing it uh, on the 8th and, and then you know Indiana has finally put a date down they, they, they were continuing saying mid-June and now the date is down so we know exactly what's going on with the Hoosiers uh, they're going to have daily medical checks along with a pre-participation protocol that they're going to have to go through so we're seeing a lot more teams actually having firm dates so it's good to see that indiana is is ready and, and good to go for practice so that's it's a solid sign that we will see college football this fall another good sign is that ohio state they do expect to have students on campus in the fall uh, just like michigan state they are going to send the kids home after thanksgiving they will remotely finish out that semester and, uh, you know, this is smart, I think, especially with the fear of the COVID-19 spiking. Again, that's flu season. And so this makes plenty of sense that the schools will say, you know what? We want to have the students, their health is in our best interest. We would prefer them not to return to campus during the flu season and Hopefully being able to, you know, quell a little bit of the coronavirus uptick that could potentially happen in the fall. So smart idea, 
makes sense. I assume that the majority of other Big Ten schools, when they announce what they expect to see in the fall, that they are going to do something very similar to what we're seeing out in East Lansing and in Columbus. Uh, Maryland and Mike Loxley have uh, made a coaching hire in Henry Baker as their defensive backs coach. Uh, Baker was with the Giants last year. He's jumped around college football. At one point in time, he was on the Maryland staff uh, about 12 years ago in 2008. So, uh, Henry Baker comes back. He brings the NFL experience, and you know, that's one thing that you know, recruits will be looking at because most recruits, they want to get to the next level. And when you're bringing in a coach that has NFL experience, you you could say, all right, this is a, a guy that I know what they can teach me because they've done it at the highest level. They also can tell me, all right, these are the things that you need to work on because we've seen the guys at the highest level. This is what they're good at. You need to get better at that. So I think that that is a, a big-time recruiting tool for Maryland. And, you know, Mike Loxley has done a fantastic job on that side anyways. Uh, more ammo for him with the hiring of Henry Baker. Okay, so like I let off the podcast with letting you know that there's some things around college football that don't necessarily pertain to the Big Ten, but that I think were extremely important and that I think that you need to hear and you need to know about. And we're going to start off with Michael Turk. And I don't know if you know who Michael Turk is. You probably recognize that last name and say, oh, that sounds familiar. Well, yeah, his uh, uncle, Matt Turk, was a punter in the NFL for numerous years. That's why you know that Turk last name. Well, Michael Turk decided that he was going to test the NFL waters. He had two years of eligibility remaining, so he was an early entry, decided to go. Well, Turk was not drafted, and in an unprecedented move by the NCAA, they have granted Turk eligibility again. Turk is able to return to Arizona State. He is able to be eligible immediately and he will have his two years remaining i think this is a case where i can't tell whether or not it's a one-off i think the key here is that although turk did hire an agent he did not take any money from the agent and this is something that although jim harbaugh and i don't agree on much and i'm fairly critical on about his recruiting, uh, especially skill position players. I think he does a fantastic job on the offensive and defensive lines, but uh, skill position players I think he has issues with. He's a weird guy, first of all, but this is something that I'm on board with Jim Harbaugh. And Jim Harbaugh has talked about student athletes being able to declare, being able to go through the process, and being able to return back to school. And I think that this makes plenty of sense because me personally, I've been pushing this forever. I love the NBA model. The NBA model allows the student athletes to go through the process. They can even hire a damn agent. They can go through all of that and then still ultimately return to school. So I, I would be interested to see if the NCAA is going to entertain this. I think this is a first step towards that because a lot of players are going to be able to go back and say well 
You gave Michael Turk that, and yes, extenuating circumstances, especially with the coronavirus right now. Uh, Turk was not able to go through pre-draft workouts aside from going to the combine where he put up impressive bench press numbers, but he didn't necessarily kick very well or punt very well. And so that's probably one of the reasons why he didn't get drafted or signed afterwards. So it'd be interesting how the NCAA going forward works with athletes who do this, who who like Turk's situation, who go undrafted. But like I said, the key is if the Turk did not take any money from an agent. If that's the if that's the kicker here, then I think that other players are going to do the same thing. If the NCAA is going to return your eligibility if you didn't take money from an agent, then why the hell wouldn't you go through the process, see if you get drafted, and if not, then return back to school? Makes tons of sense to me. Now, I'm not sure if, you know, like the NBA draft process, how many times that you're able to do that. Uh, from from what I know, uh, multiple players usually end up doing it. Um, you know, you're looking a- across the Big Ten, and plenty of players put their name in, uh, take it out, pull it out. Like, I mean, we're we're looking at Luca Garza, and at this point in time, if I was to guess, because of everything that's going on, you know, Garza I think would be coming back. Uh, he you know, is able to speak with an agent, go through the process, doesn't like what he sees, he's going to be able to return to school 10 days prior to the NBA draft, which who the hell knows when it's going to be because the NBA is kicking around all this new stuff. Looks like the NBA is going to start up again here shortly uh, with 22 teams and, uh, you know, have a have a playoff, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, pretty, pretty exciting there. It is only 22 teams, so they're missing out on uh, eight, eight teams, but Still, nevertheless, I think it's going to be very interesting going forward. All right, so we're continuing on with some national stories here. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to the Missouri football team. Their players did a peaceful march, a part of the protests, and a lot of them registered to vote. I think that's the key here, is that making a change in the leadership. And the only way you can do that is by getting to your voting booths. It really is. Uh, I will stress this again. Go online and find the speech by Killer Mike that was done last week. He hits it on the head. Killer Mike's not just a, a good rapper. He's an activist. He knows what the hell's going on. And Killer Mike's speech was just as heartwarming as touching and you need to hear it. You, you really do. And, uh, you know, it's it's fantastic to see, you know, the Missouri team band together and go march peacefully. And then on top of that, go and register to vote. Now, at Oregon State, they made a move yesterday that was very interesting. They dismissed tight end Rocco Carley. And the reason why they dismissed Rocco Carley was because a video of him surfaced of him saying racist things in a supposedly satirical video that was done while he was in high school. He's a redshirt freshman, so clearly he was in high school three years ago. And I like the move here. I do. Uh, it, it is not a, a move where you're looking at that is a reactionary move. Y- you have to really be 
smart about what you say and what you do. The internet captures everything. And head coach Jonathan Smith, although this was a tough decision for him, I'm sure, and I quote, this is what he said, we both agree that this language and attitude is entirely unacceptable, both being the athletic director, Scott Barnes, regardless of circumstance or environment. I spoke with Rocco, dismissed him from the team. I will not tolerate racism or hate speech. Jonathan Smith, well done. Fantastic. Absolutely amazing. You are standing up for your players. You are standing up for what you believe is right. And that's how it should be. And I don't care about Carly going out and saying, you know, it was dumb. This video doesn't represent me. It was funny. That's, that stuff's not funny. That's not funny. You might think it's funny. Racist videos aren't funny. Come on. His apology doesn't mean much to me. It, read it, it seems kind of bland and, well, it was satirical, it doesn't represent me, blah, 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 this and that. Well, I hate to say it, but it represents you pretty well there. It, it, it really does. All right, now let's move out to Florida State. Let's talk about what's going on over there. So supposedly, head coach Mike Norville has met with his players one-on-one to discuss the George Floyd tragedy and their feelings towards it. Well, we all know who Marvin Wilson is. Marvin Wilson is their star defensive tackle. He is a guy that's probably going to be a first-round pick when he goes off to the NFL, which, to me, it looks like it's probably going to be this year because... Marvin Wilson is leading Florida State players to protest a workout after Norvell claims that he had that one-on-one chat, but it didn't happen. Wilson's saying that it didn't happen, and that's the crazy part right now, is that your coach is saying one thing while players saying something else, and I'm not going to lie, I'm siding with Marvin Wilson on this one. And when you look at what's going on, I have to think that you know Marvin Wilson's uh, you know he's a smart young man, and he knows what's going on. And this is crazy because you know, you expect that uh, a coach is going to be you know have that platform and for his players to you know have his back and. If a coach doesn't have your back and a player feels disrespected, they're not going to play for you. And that's exactly what's happening. He says, uh, this is his tweet. It was uh, eight hours ago, so right around midnight. Man, this poop emoji did not happen, man. We got a generated text that was sent to everybody. There was no one-on-one talk between us and coach. This is a lie. And me and my teammates as a whole are outraged, and we will not be working out until further notice. This is making waves, and it's going to. And this makes sense. You can't you can't lie about that, coach. I'm interested to see what other Florida State players come out and say. Uh, I just, you know... You look across the country and you see what other teams are doing 
Uh, I praised Jim Harbaugh yesterday for marching, the Missouri team for 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 marching, uh, praising Jonathan Smith for being aware of Rocco Carley's incident and and making swift move to her to not not sitting around and, and waiting around to do it like that and it, uh, who knows who knows what's going on I mean this is crazy this is very interesting because Norvell hasn't even coached a game for Florida State this is Wow, I, it it just it absolutely boggles my mind what Norvell's thinking. I I don't think he knows what's going on. I have no idea, and this is going to be an interesting year for Florida State. It really is. It's going to be an interesting year for college football in general. I think, but for Florida State, I mean, this is just uh, yes, workouts are voluntary right now. There, there's no nothing mandatory at all, but. For them, and even if they are, I'm not 100% sure what Florida State's schedule is. Clearly, I'm I'm more Big Ten orientated. But w when you're looking at what's going on with Wilson, man, that's a that's that's a scary situation out there in Florida State. They're going to have to handle it, and Norvell's going to have to have a a real team meeting and real one-on-ones and, and figure this out because uh, him going about and and saying that they're having one-on-ones when they're not actually having one-on-ones and and Wilson talked with his teammates and realized that it was a mass-generated text and it wasn't heartfelt and it wasn't something that was coming. And I get it. You know, there's a lot of players on the team. 85 scholarship, 115 on the roster, including walk-ons, non-scholarship players. It's a lot of players. And it takes a lot of time to send a text to that many players. But I think in this situation, over the course of a day, you can get that out. You can make it work. You can make it personalized to each one of your players. That's what makes it sad. That's the whole situation. Because these coaches have an opportunity to step up. And you can do that. Like Jonathan Smith did. Like Jim Harbaugh has done. Or you can do what Mike Norvell has done. And lie about the situation. And continually perpetuate all of this crap. It's just sad. It's just sad. It, it really is, man. It, it's just... Uh, I, I don't really have really much words for Mike Normal right now because you've, you've pretty much almost lost your team already. You really have. So it's going to be interesting for Florida State. It's going to be interesting. Well, that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Thursday, Big Ten fans. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.